0: God damn, I need IPA. This is Beering Ain't Easy, your podcast for beer humor, dad humor, and beer tastings from Texas and beyond. So crack one if you got one and turn it up.
1: Welcome to Beering Ain't Easy, Season 2, Episode 39 with Ryan and Drew.
0: Welcome back, everybody. What you been up to, Ryan?
1: <sighs> kid stuff. Getting these, these episodes out with you, and I apologize, but uh, I think we're getting into a routine. I was able to actually hang out on the, the back porch with, with the, the baby and the kid and play outside and stuff. It's still freaking hot, Drew. Yes, it is. But uh, I got a little sweaty. I'm wearing my Miami Vice-style beach shirt outside. It's hot. I'm ready for, for a crispy Chico.
0: Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Mexican loggers. So funny story. Um, we were coming, up, trying to come up with episode ideas, and uh, we have this uh, ongoing list of ideas, and I saw one on there. It's like blind tasting of Mexican loggers. And I looked at it, and I uh, couldn't remember who put the idea on. I didn't think it was me. So I thought, surely we'll come in, and Brian will have all these great ideas for how we're going to coordinate this episode. But no, it was my idea. So here we are ad Libby. welcome to hell
1: <laughs> i came a chicken to see who can be the least prepared <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so you want to introduce the beers that we have and then we can get into some some bs topics while we're tasting this massive amount of beer we have poured in front of us today yes i mean mexican lagers i, f- I feel like they've been kind of
1: kind of becoming a thing like particularly like this year, maybe into last year. I, I feel like I've seen more of like in the craft scene recently. I don't I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but but the one in particular that we have tonight is True Anomalies Scout Mexican Lager, which won silver at the 2021 GABF. So I, I'm curious how how this stacks up against uh real Mexican (laughs) loggers.
0: We're talking gas station Mexican loggers here. (laughs) We've got Dos Equis, Tecate Light, Pacifico, and what was our other one? (laughs) Modelo. (laughs) (laughs) Modelo. We got a great start today. <laughs> just bear with us, ladies uh, and gentlemen.
1: It's the train wreck. So, and which I mean, we're setting ourselves up. We have one craft, and then all the all the standard Mexican loggers like imports. So if if we don't pick Scout as our number one, we're just uh, we're hanging ourselves out to
0: dry, Drew. I feel like this is a really risky blind tasting, though, because I know that's you know a GABF winner, but. I have trouble differentiating Mexican lagers if it's not Corona. And so we chose not to put Corona in this. And I think we'll have to ask, it was explicitly asked to not put in it, but I, I typically think of that as a, as a taste that I could pick out of a lineup. But when it comes to other Mexican lagers, I don't think I can differentiate anything. Do you have any bold predictions for yourself, Ryan?
1: I, I think I've had all of these before, but I, I could not tell you, I, I couldn't, different if you told me what they were and then switched them around a couple times I still wouldn't be able to tell you. So I'm I'm pretty curious to see how this works. When you go to like a Mexican restaurant, do you have like a go-to Mexican beer?
0: I I like Dos Equis Amber. That's one of my go-tos, but I don't see it a whole lot anymore, and so I may just go with like a straight up Dos Equis.
1: So same. I, I used to always go for the Dos Equis Amber and yeah, you never find it. And I would ask and be like, I don't know, we don't have it. So Negromadello started being my go-to. And it's really good and I like it. You ready for a little history lesson, Drew? Always. So I associate, as probably most people do, a, a Mexican lager with uh uh corn. Like so so what they the typical thing of Mexican lagers is they add flaked maize, which is basically like a cleaned up corn. And that's kind of like the staple that makes it like lighter. But when Mexican lagers started was because of German immigrants that came to Texas and Mexico, because obviously there's a lot of like German towns out in the middle, like, you know, hill country kind of Fredericksburg. There's a lot of like those kind of German influences. Apparently that went down to, to Mexico too. And that's kind of what started the Mexican lager. And also Vienna lagers were big down there. And that's actually like what Negro Modelo is actually a Vienna lager which makes sense now, but I've never thought about it before. But now thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, that's what it is. And, and yeah, this started like hundreds of years ago. Like, I think it was like the 1800s. Don't quote me on that part, but yeah, it's old. They've been around for a long time. But uh, the other thing I learned when I was looking into this was uh, uh, they're called like Clara beers which is like clear Spanish for clear um, like Pacifico on the box. It says Pacifico Clara. And I got to say, with all these samples sitting in front of us right now, i I'm pretty impressed. They are all crystal clear.
0: Yeah, especially when you're used to drinking hazies and other things. These, these are yeah. <laughs> You know, I, what are your thoughts? Like These are, with the exception of the true anomaly, these are all macro beers. And But when I think about macro Mexican lagers, I don't have the same disdain for them as I do for like a, just a straight-up American lager. Uh, so like... Are are the quality of beers better or is it just a style that uh you know i don't know what why why is that ryan can you read into my mind
1: (laughs) that's a good question i guess you feel fancier because i mean they are brewed in mexico and imported so i guess you just like feel better about it because they're like imported beers and they're not just like you know brewed at the facility down i-10 or whatever (laughs) Uh, okay
0: i think you're right i think you're onto something there it's the (laughs) It, it it was a little bit more expensive beer when you compared it to like a Keystone Light back in the day, so you felt like you were you were drinking fancy at that time.
1: Yeah, I think that's it, and and I think you associate Mexican lagers with like vacation too. So I think that there's like a sentimentality to it.
0: Oh yeah, I qu- just straight up question: Do you feel like these beers taste better when you're on vacation? I mean, all beers do, but like in particular.
1: Yeah, n- absolutely. Like. The the only time I have any of these beers is if I'm at the beach, which kind of, even if it's like a local beach, you know, like if you drive down to Galveston or something, you're either on vacation or it's like a day trip vacation. Or you're at like a Mexican restaurant where you're like there to just like straight up have a good time. And just like the ambiance and atmosphere of being in a, in a Mexican restaurant is just like, it's a good vibe. So yeah, I absolutely associate these with just like being
0: happy. Nice. Nice.
1: What do you say we just get into these as we continue to talk? I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into it.
0: Oh, I have I just jumped way ahead. I've just been pounding beers Have you've been talking. <laughs> mm. So when we talked about not being super organized, uh, usually Ryan and I have it set up to where we know exactly the glasses that each of us are drinking. But this time we just have them all scattered in front of us. Don't know what they are. And we're going to rank them and then kind of come back and be like, hey, which ones were the top and which ones were the bottom? So first thing I look at is appearance here. We've got two kind of nice amber colored, I guess what I would expect from a Mexican lager. One that's the same shade of that, but a little darker. And then two that are a little more yellowish. What are you seeing?
1: Yeah, no notes. He nailed it.
0: Don't uh, don't
1: judge me, Drew. As you see me here on camera, but I'm taking out a notepad because it's going to be hard to keep these separate from each other. Because I just went through and tasted one of each, and uh, I'm a little nervous. I got to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm at a loss here. We knew this was going to be a hard assignment.
1: Yeah, who, who's the best at making a beer taste like almost nothing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Ryan. Since. We're doing episodes a little more spread out. I feel like beer news has become like a staple of our podcast. Only two episodes in, but I feel like there's been a lot going on. And so I think we're going to take a moment, do a little beer news. And then as we did last week, I would like to hear your reactions to the beer news. You ready for that, Ryan?
1: No, man. I'm excited. Let's go.
0: All right. So the first biggest news, I think we mentioned in the last podcast that Anchor Christmas was no longer to be manufactured. But not only Anchor Christmas, nothing. The whole brewery is going downhill. And this has been a great story because there was some false reports out there that the employees of Anchor were going to buy the brewery and keep it alive. But the latest news that I saw was that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So oldest – is it the oldest? One of the oldest, at least, breweries in the U.S. is – to be no more rest in peace yeah
1: i uh i actually happened to go on like uh, a little bit too much of a deep dive on on this one um because yeah it was like news broke that it was like oh yeah the the workers union's making a bid to buy it back and it was like oh i was like oh yeah that's awesome power to the people but it turns out there's like a huge he said she said about whether it was like a legitimate offer or if they like just said they were going to do it but didn't have the backing
0: or they just hammered or, a bunch of steam beer and then uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah it's like or brewery.
1: <laughs> or if Sapporo gave an unrealistic bankruptcy deadline for bids and said no you didn't get the bid in soon enough so it's like a, he said she said him on who whose fault it is that it's not actually going to
0: be a real thing it's a, it's a shame but yeah. The question, so when we lived in California, that beer was on tap at every bar. And we'd also get a lot of the Liberty Ale. I don't know if you've had that one before, but that was another one that like you go to a party and people had Liberty Ale. We talked about in a previous podcast how Anchor has basically the copyright on the term steam beer of the style of beer that they make. And everybody else had to make California Commons because if they tried to call their beer steam beer, they got sued by Anchor. So with them going under, do they basically give up the rights to the term "steam beer"? Like, how does that work, Ryan? Are you our legal expert, or do we need to call? We need to phone a friend, lawyer. We need to
1: phone a friend. That's an amazing question, and we did totally gloss over that fact early on when we started talking about Anchor. Was the fact that they own the rights to steam beer, and that yeah, whenever you see a California common, that's the same thing as a steam beer.
0: I think the only way we can figure this out is we brew a beer and call it a steam beer, and who's gonna who's gonna fight us over it now? It's kind of like when you put like a intellectual property on your beer can that you don't have the rights for, and just be like, "Hey, come at me, bro! Come at me, Sapporo!" I
1: I am uh, amused every time you make a joke about stealing uh, IP for for beer cans on Instagram. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Other big beer news. So we saw that another Houston brewery is planning to shut its doors and that is Black Page which really hurts my heart that they've been open for less than a year. We went to it, beers were great and they're planning to close. What the hell's going on, Ryan? I'll tell you what's going on. It got posted
1: on the Houston Reddit, a picture of the uh, of the notice on their gate when they locked their gate. And they said they were behind on rent and they were behind on their property tax payments. $12,500 a month plus about like $19,000 a year in property taxes. So when you extrapolate it out per month, they're basically paying $14,000 a month in rent alone. I don't understand how you can keep a business afloat
0: with overhead costs like that. Like that's crazy. (laughs) And when we went to their location, they're what? Like a block away from the... Oh, they're like across the street from White Oak Music Hall. Yeah. So like that is prime real estate. And so when they put that in there and they had this like beautiful space, beautiful real estate, I was like, this place has got to cost a fortune. But and that I think what you're saying is it does cost a fortune. And you gotta sell a shitload of beer. But usually you can't jump into a space like that going in cold. I don't know. That's rough. Yeah,
1: and they, they didn't skimp on the build out. Like it's like up there, one of the nicest tap rooms in the city. So like they spent a pretty penny on the tap room too. So, yeah, I think they may have just got out over their skis a little bit.
0: Man, it sucks because that that one had the potential to be one of the one of the good ones, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I think the other problem, and and this is what a lot of people on that Reddit thread were saying, is like I would have gone there a lot. I just had no idea they existed. I think they just did a really bad job of like making themselves known.
0: It's really true. I didn't know it existed until we were at the flying saucer and I just Googled what are the closest breweries. And I was like, Oh, Hey, we haven't been to this one. Let's go there. Like, that's literally how I found it. I'd not heard anything yeah. else about it. And it was the brewer from, um, Abida. From Abita. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it was a small gig. I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, that's, it's a shame.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. Cause yeah, like that, that, uh, I guess I should give more background that, that that picture that got posted the notice on the gate is they said they were going to close at the end of the month. They got locked out like the next day for like, I don't even think it was a full day. I think it was just like later that day they got the keys back and unlocked. So they were getting like basically evicted and sorted it out and reopened. I think probably by the time this episode comes out, they'll have closed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't have faith in my editing speed.
1: No, like I think they're closing in like two or three days from now. So yeah.
0: Uh, pour one out for him. Pour one out for him. I think I snuck a beer and an easy sticker on the back of their, one of their doors too. So rest in peace. (laughs) This is the kiss of death.
1: You you put them under, they had to bring in a a special company to buff that off. That place was so shiny. Kiss of death. (laughs) (laughs) They got that beer and an easy stack on them. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that would be a bad reputation to be carrying around in Houston as the, the closer of breweries. <laughs> Ryan, where were you when that brewery announced their closure? <laughs> All right, last on beer news. Uh, positive note. So the Houston beer block party is coming back to the city. This year, instead of being at Saloon Door, it's at Tap. Ryan, I cashed in my birthday card with... The wife on this one, and I bought us VIP tickets to go on August nineteenth, and there are a shitload of breweries going, and I'm super excited about it. Last year we brought Sylvia on to tell us a little bit about it, um, but it was a, it was a blast, and so I'm glad that you're getting to go this time. So have you cleared it with your wife since I I I, uh, I may have boxed you into this this uh, responsibility here.
1: I. I brought it up to her and she said, maybe we just have to see what's going on. Whew. That's a so, yes. That's a yes. So I told you buy the tickets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell, tell her that it's my birthday present that you're okay, going. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the play. I'm putting it all in you, Drew. Yeah, but it's now, okay. I, I can take the weight <laughs> of this. I am very
1: excited about it. I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be one of those things that as it gets more known about every year, I think it's going to get bigger very excited about it. I think spindle taps a great location for it just with their whole outdoor space. They're not a sponsor. I guess I should clarify that. I'm just very excited about this. I think this is going to be really fun.
0: You know, talking up spindle tap on this podcast is highly supported. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) So just last question for you on that whole topic is we're going to go in, we bought the VIP ticket. So what's our strategy? Are we going in like Wayne and Garth? Where you had the VIP, take like the, the, the VIP um, lanyard and you, you're you showing it to everybody?
1: Yeah. Show it to every single person that walks by you.
0: <laughs> or are we going in like Dumb and Dumber style where we come in with the suits and the top hat? Like what what's our beer in an easy style here?
1: I think it's too hot for that. Uh, no, I, I like the holding up the VIP badge and walking by. And then as soon as we run into the Spindle Tap guys, we just bust into a,
0: we're not worthy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sold
1: me. <laughs> so Drew, what was your, uh, <clears throat> experience getting all these beers? Where, did you get them all at the same spot? Did you spread it out?
0: What, uh, what happened? So we already have a lot of beer in front of us and I did not want to buy 12 packs or six packs of all of these. And so I was looking for singles. So my singles, <laughs> where Craftsingles.com. No, uh, <laughs> went to Total Wine to check it out see what I could find. So I found a few things at Total Wine, uh, which, speaking of Total Wine, I give them a lot of shit all the time uh, based on their old beers. But I got to admit, when I went in there, it looks like they cleaned house on their entire inventory. And I looked around and they had new breweries being featured in there. They, um, they had Turning Point from Dallas area. They had all the stuff that I hadn't seen before. I was like, wow, this was an upgrade. But I didn't find all the beers there because I didn't want to buy 12-packs. So I had to keep moving on. Where do you think I went, Ryan, to, to get the last the, the last of the stash? Where would you go if you were looking for Mexican lagers?
1: Uh, probably the gas station.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like we need to talk about the tall boys that you can get at the gas station, but I'd like to know. I was able to find everything between the gas station and Total Wine. How about you? I I felt like you were on an adventure this past week, as usual. I I I like to make
1: these things hard on myself. I I decided so the the neighborhood I moved into is still like heavily being built. Um and so so I made the the joke to Drew. I was like this the the gas station by my house caters heavily to like all the construction workers and stuff so there's there's like one fridge of craft beer and then like uh one fridge of like macros and then there's like two fridges of like the mexican lagers and stuff because they always like they come in and they like pick up ca- like cases and stuff and to go for the end of the work days and everything so i was like i don't worry about that i just got to worry about the, the scout <clears throat> so yeah, I go to my local HEB, not there. Go to the HEB by my work that has a pretty good beer selection, it's not there. So the next day I go to Total Wine by my work and I find <laughs> it. I'm like, done, got it. Go to the gas station by my house, realize I, I, I am in the same corner as you are. They sell everything. I, I mean, I got, I got Tallboys of Dos Equis and Modelo, but everything else is 12 packs. And I was like, dang, that's a, that's a commitment. So I went to, to my HEB again and uh, same thing. Just twelve packs, so I ended up with a lot of Mexican lager in my fridge, Drew. <laughs> You're
0: gonna be throwing a pool party,
1: yeah. Which, funny you say that, because I was checking out with those twelve packs earlier today, and Allison texted me, or my my wife texted me, and uh, my uh, our our close friends just got a a pool finished like last week, and so they were inviting us over this weekend, uh, to have a pool party, and I was I was. Kind of grumpy and bitter, but I had to buy two twelve packs of Pacifico and uh, Tecate Light, <laughs> and uh, and then that that immediately cheered me up. I was like, "Oh, perfect! I'll have a bunch of uh, pool drinking beer to bring."
0: You planned it perfectly. Yeah.
1: So the universe works in mysterious ways, too.
0: So how many of your beers did you get? Were like the twenty four ounce gas station tall boys that are like immersed in like as much ice as you can find when you walk in the middle.
1: Uh two. Yeah. The uh dos Equis and the modella.
0: Nice. It's uh, there's nothing like getting off of work, going in, grabbing a tall boy out of the ice and just drinking it in the parking lot in the back of your truck.
1: <laughs> Which <laughs> <laughs> Which I did feel like I brought these two toddlers up at the gas station and she rang me up and she's like, do you want a bag? And I was like, nope.
0: <laughs> so I was a little, I was a little disappointed because like she had a stack of like the paper sacks, like the single can paper sacks that you could drink out of. And instead she put me in like the plastic bags with the other ones. I was like, no, no, I, can I drink it out of a plastic uh, paper sack? I mean, I'm taking this bad boy, the parking lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah.
0: A bit of photo ops with that. Yeah. <laughs> the more I'm sitting here, I'm feeling more confident in my picks. Oh, I, I, yeah. I don't feel confident at all. I, I,
1: I know there's, there's two that I, I know that I like worse than the other three. Yeah. But besides that, the other three are
0: all like pretty good. Yeah, I had two that um, I, I don't like too much either. So i will be interesting to see if they're the same too.
1: Yeah. So, j- but before this blind tasting, I guess I want to hear your thoughts on on like, just blindly with the ones that we picked. What what would you think would be the best one? Just from looking at the lineup
0: that we have. Yeah, but I mean, I, outside, outside of Scout. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I mean, I have to pick that one. I mean, it's like part of the the, the job description. Um, if I had to pick out of these, the one that I always felt like was the classiest of the Mexican loggers was Pacifico. I Like, I felt like that was a little rarer one to find. And I just always remember thinking, yeah, this is good. I, actually, when we had our first daughter's first birthday party, we got a pony keg of Pacifico at the house. And that's what we served everybody. And it was pretty sweet.
1: Nice. When when you said I what I think is the classiest, I thought for sure you're going to say Dos Equis based solely on those commercials. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. My, my opinion of Dos Equis changed when that the most interesting man of the world came into the picture. Dude, around that uh, around that time, I was playing a lot of
1: uh, NCAA football and PlayStation, and that was when you could do create your own team. And we made a. You could import pictures and stuff to it. And so I made a, My brother and I made a, a team of. The, the most interesting team in the world. We were, we were influenced as like young, we were like 13, 14 doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were lining up future customers. <laughs> that was, I feel
1: like that was like a continuation of like the Chuck Norris jokes. You, you remember those? Like the crazy, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The boogeyman's afraid of Chuck Norris and stuff.
0: So Ryan, like, you explicitly said no corona why like what what's the deal with corona i got to know
1: uh, my brother got married did a destination wedding in mexico at an all inclusive resort like the year after we got out of college and it was uh like one of the first probably big trips that our like all of our friends went on after college so like for 5 days like we're all down there and we're getting after it And it was one of the resorts where the only beer they had was uh, Corona. So the entire time we're down there every day, all day, just Corona. And by the end of that week, it was like gagging. Like, I got to do something different. Like, I can't do this. So it didn't have another Corona after that for like, say, four or five years, probably four years. My wife and I go on our honeymoon after our wedding. And same thing, the resort we went to, like, you could find some beer sometimes, but for the most part, Corona was the only beer they had on the resort. And so I was like, you know what? It's been plenty long enough. I'm sure it's like, fine, whatever. I've, I've changed a lot since then. It's not just like, you know, whatever. I could just like have some every day. No, I, I would choke them down. I'd be like, Oh, like it's still bad. (laughs) That's it. That's, that's the story. It's not exciting. It's just one of those things. It's like me and tequila. I was curious how much more explicit I had to be to you, Drew, that I was not getting Corona.
0: <laughs> I have like a like a, a happy memory with Corona. I, I've been on like one cruise in my life, maybe. Well actually two, but I remember one of them to Mexico and you get right off the cruise boat into Mexico. And at the time they just had like everywhere you walked within, you know, a couple blocks of the of the port. And they just like sold you dollar coronas. you just walked around. It was like, you pulled a dollar out and you got a beer. I was like, this is awesome. Just a dollar for a beer. And I'm sure inflation, it's a little more now, but, uh, at the time I thought that was the coolest thing. Are, are you a fruit and your beer guy? I'm, I don't want to say it too loudly because we're on a craft beer podcast, but when it comes to Mexican lagers, yes, sir. How do you feel about it?
1: Not a, not a fan.
0: Why does that not, why does that not surprise me? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Putting, putting random things in other things, uh, another one of those bugaboos for
0: me. (laughs) Putting things in other things. I like that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like I don't, I don't, I just don't like putting lime in my beer. I can't drink like Bloody Mary's. It just weirds me out. I've never, never had like, uh, like what's it where you put stuff in your beer like a like a mixed beer thing like a beer mixed drink yeah like i have like never do any of those i don't know you you're a you're a purist
0: you just want I, one I, thing at a time huh but you'll drink but, you'll drink a, a fruited sour with like <laughs> Forty ingredients in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's
1: yeah, it's it's not even that I'm like a purist that I'm like, oh no, this beer was made to be drank. Like it's it was made. It's it's nothing like that. It's just it's literally a mind block. Like kind of how I've talked about on the podcast before, a mind block that I won't eat uh, mushrooms because it's a fungus. It's like something like that where it's just like thinking about the fact, like like a with a Bloody Mary example, it's like putting vodka and tomato juice, like just doesn't compute with me, and I just like cannot. I can't go there. It's, it's just one of those things. It's no, it's no judgment
0: philosophical,
1: like philosophically. I'm, I'm weird, dude. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like I, you know, you always see like the, the nice pretty slice of, of lime that would go on a Corona or a Dos Equis. But I always remember like kind of the, the, the more affordable version of that, where you had like the can of Tecate and you get just like the wedge of lime and you just jam that fucker like into the can and then you just drink it. And then when you take a sip, the the wedge like comes up to the top and blocks your can a little bit. And you kind of have to shake it to, to move it out of the way. Like I have like fond memories of the Tecate cans with the lime jammed in there.
1: <laughs> I like I – t- I try not to be like a prick at like Mexican restaurants. So they bring you the mug with the lime wedge on the side. And I try to leave it there just off to the side. But then like – Inevitably, as you're drinking it, it starts sliding on the side into the side of your mouth, and I have to take it off. And I'm like, no, nope, I can't do it. I just like have to set it on the table.
0: And you mentioned you don't ever do beer mixed drinks, but the one that um, I remember doing, I think my dad introduced me to it. You took, um, you took Corona, and you poured out a shot of Corona, and you replaced it with a shot of Bacardi Limon. And you poured the the Bicardi Limon into the beer, you tipped it over to mix it, and then you and then you drank it. And it was it was interesting. It was I guess it's kind of like adding lime to the beer, but really just super boozy. <sighs> <It's> like- <laughs> you should see Ryan's face, it's awesome. <laughs> <This> sounds terrible. <laughs> so last mixture thing, Micheladas. You said you won't do Bloody Marys. Have you ever done a Michelada? No, I haven't. Whoa, I feel like we need to do that on an episode <laughs> to get the live the live take of you drinking one of those. Maybe it will be a beer mixed drink episode. I don't know. This is the perfect avenue for me to like try
1: all these things that I've refused to try like all my life. Yeah, let's just get a whole bunch of beer mixed drinks
0: and uh, yeah, just try all of them. I'm I'm down for this. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I, I've only had one Michelada and it was a long time ago and I hated it, but I feel like I need to, I need to try it again. Cause I, I saw like, there's like, you know, it, space city snacks in, in Houston. You see that they make these pre-made Michelada mixes and stuff. I was like, man, that'd be kind of cool to buy one of those and try it. So I think we need to do it right. And I think, I think you need to branch out a little bit and, and, and put something in your other something or whatever you said you can't handle. <laughs> Put the thing in the other thing
1: <laughs> Adam's listening going nuts right now But yeah, I'm not going to say That's what it. she said <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, I, I feel like we need to We need to do a grand reveal here, Ryan Let, let's, let's pull it back on track I think you laid us out with the foundation here We're going worst to first the way it's going to work is we're going to grab the beer that we've ranked the worst. And then we're going to reveal what it is and say what we picked is the last place. And, and God, I hope it's not the craft one for me. How confident are you, Ryan? Scale it's of one not, to 10. Not at all. I mean, I can I can
1: narrow the craft one down to, to three. <laughs> there's There's two that I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So speaking <clears throat> of one of those you? two.
0: What is your last place beer?
1: Before I look at the letter, I'm just gonna say it had a kind of the, a little bit of like a skunky aftertaste that I kind of associate with like a corona and uh, it was like basically flat. I think that that was like what killed it completely for me and put it in last place is it was just like it drank flat.
0: The anticipation's killing me. Pacifica. Whoa. I did not expect that. I did not either. I gotta be honest. Did you actually guess what that beer was before you revealed it? Because um, I wrote down all my guesses, so I'm gonna say them. So if you didn't, that's no, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I, I have one that I, that my guess is. Yeah. Okay. So this my last pet place beer. I think it's gonna be Tecate Light, and we're gonna see what it is. And it is E, which is Tecate Light. Dang. All right. I'm starting out hot, man. It's it's a lighter color, so it, it felt like it had to be there was two lighter color ones. I felt like it had to be one of them. I guess this beer, it just felt like there I was tasting nothing. It was the closest I thought to like an American lager. It didn't feel like as, as much like a Mexican lager, and I don't know if it's because it's Tecate Light, but it just it just kind of felt like there wasn't a lot to it. And that's why I didn't like it. So i have to move on to number four. My tasty notes that I wrote down was also nothing. (laughs) I had nothing to say about it. It was a little better than the last one. That's what I got. I'm going to guess that this is Modelo Especial and we're going to see what it is. Oh, that's Dos Equis. Ooh, dang. Dos Equis, really? Wow. Okay. Wow. I had, I had dose pretty low. That's surprising.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm really surprised about that. Okay, so I'm figuring out what I care about in a Mexican longer. My other note is that this one is also, like, flat. <laughs> but it uh, it was a little bit cleaner. It didn't have quite as much of, like, a lingering aftertaste. Didn't taste, like, a whole lot. It is number, not number, it's letter B, which is... Modelo. Modelo, yeah. Okay.
0: I guess... Not, we should be writing this down so we can do a final I'm not, final I'm,
1: I'm tracking it i'm okay, not good. i'm not <laughs> i'm not like blown away that's like okay about kind of where i might have expected it
0: well it's good hey we made it through two rounds without picking the craft beer so we're doing okay
1: <laughs> you know, without true. picking the great american uh, beer festival winner. we have we have no overlapping beer so far both of our bottom twos are completely different from wow, each other. wow that is true um I've scratched it out and gone back and forth, but my number three, I just feel like the the flavor on this one, it hit me in all, this is like maybe one of the most pretentious things I've ever said on this podcast. But, uh, I feel like the flavor like hit every part of my tongue where a lot of these that just kind of like hit one spot and it, it kind of like, I think, I think that's like the one thing that's like, that's got me going back to this over some of these other ones. It is, uh, Letter E, which was no, your number five. It's my number three. Whoa. That's Cate Light. So, are you saying this beer took you to Flavor Town? I don't say it's a lot of flavor. It's it just like, I don't know. You ready for this, Drew? It just uh, it had a good mouthfeel. <laughs> just wet your whistle, huh?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. My number what was three. your number three? My number three, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> I feel like you have these better descriptors. I'm just going to go with it. I thought this one was Dos East, but obviously I'm wrong. And we're going to find out what my number three was. And it was C, which is?
1: That was my number five. Is that Pacifico? Yes, that's Pacifico.
0: Okay, Pacifico was my third place. Look at us, Drew. We both got Scout in the top two. Yeah. <laughs> just wipe the sweat off the brow.
1: I'm getting nervous now. You nervous? My hands are sweating.
0: (laughs) Second place. I actually think this is the craft beer, but I didn't pick it as number one. The only reason I think it's craft is I felt like it had the most depth. Like there was more flavor profile to it. Like I felt like I could taste a lot of individual flavors that I couldn't taste in the other beers, but I, i got to be honest with you. The nose, I actually pick up a nose on this one versus the other ones. And I got kind of the hints of like white wine on it. And it was almost a little wangy. And so I don't know if it's supposed to be like that or if that was just an an older beer that I bought. But the fact that I tasted all that complexity, it felt like a craft beer and I really liked it. But I'm going to do the reveal. So I think it's Scout, but I didn't pick it, is number one. And it is... Scout. D. It
1: is the Scout. Dang. Yeah. Okay, so you, you accurately picked up the Scout and you intentionally put it in number two. I, we'll, we'll get to me in a second. So after all of that talking about
0: depth of flavor, what, what was it about the one that was the best that beat it out for you? It felt a little heftier. I don't know why. It felt like a, um, a little heavier beer and it it does have a little bit of that skunkiness to it that I expect from a Mexican lager. I'm okay with that because it's just what I've come to expect, but it just, it was a little heavier and it f- felt more filling. I, I don't know. I liked it. It's like what I wanted from a Mexican lager. I would have liked the, the complexity of the craft beer more, but it's just, I got this like almost a little more tart white wine flavor to it. That that that's what was that pushed me away from it. All
1: right. That, that leaves you as your number one with uh, Modelo. So Modelo That's crazy. is your
0: number one. I cannot beer. believe... I used to call Modelo Especial a big mo. and like, <laughs> It's not like what I consider a classy beer, but I picked it as number one completely unaware. All right, so my number two
1: beer... I think I think I have the craft one as my number one just because, like you said, there's like more depth to it. And a lot of these kind of finish... This is admittedly a bad descriptor, but a lot of them finish like they feel like they're going down. But when I taste this one that I think is the Scout, it kind of finishes going up. It's got like an uplifting lingering finish, which I, I think is almost kind of like what you were saying. Like You said like almost like the white wine finish where it's almost got like a tart finish where it kind of like it's like an elevated finish. So I think that one's the Scout and I like it a lot. So this other one that's my number two is... A, which is Dos Equis. So Dos Equis was my number two. Whoa. Which means the scout was my number one.
0: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I feel like we did a lot better than expected here, though, because we both picked the craft beer. Yeah. we. So you had Modelo as your second to last, and I picked it as number one. That's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And I, I, I got to be honest, this was like the finest of margins. Like I, I had scratched out. Multiple times my, my ranking. I was scratching them and switching them every time I went through the list.
0: You've kind of sold me on the description for Scout though. Now, now I'm now I'm feeling the refreshment, so <laughs> can't change it's my It's too late now. <laughs> that you know. red light's on,
1: dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear the final composite results of the best Mexican lager?
0: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: So we have we have a we have a tie for fourth. So tied fourth and fifth, are our, our bottom two, Pacifico and Tecate. Okay. Number three, Dos Equis. Number two, as you'd expect, Modelo leaving Scout as number one. So even though you decided to bump it and put it at number one, our, our discrepancies on Modelo knocked it far enough out of the lead that, that Scout still won.
0: I mean, the universe is right. Craft Beer won, right? Craft is still king. Yes. Love it. You know, like speaking of Mexican loggers, when we got the one from Laser Brewing that you drove all around the city of Houston to get us two cans of, like, or one can, right? It was just one can. (laughs) Yeah, it was one can. (laughs) I remember that, like that blew my mind. And that told me craft Mexican lager can be so much better than the macros. And so that one was, from what I remember, phenomenal. And so I think, I think you could make a really good Mexican lager and I think more people should make them especially when it's a hundred degrees outside. Before we close out this episode, I realized I forgot to do something. I forgot to add the secret ingredient to these beers, which is the fruit. So let me repour a few of these beers. I feel like I gave Dos a really unfair shake because I don't think I ever drink dose without a little bit of lime in it. So I feel like that's going to elevate the game of the dose. Um I'm, I'm very curious to see how much of a difference this actually
1: makes. If I would have known and would have had limes on hand, you know, I would have for, for the pod, I would, I would have done it. I, I guess, I guess my, I guess my thing is with this is, I mean, I'm not a crazy like lime person anyway. Like I don't like key lime pie or anything. And I feel like these are all such like, they're supposed to be as light as possible that if you add like lime juice, you basically just like, only taste lime. It's just like diluted lime juice after that. I think I think that's like kind of my my hang-up about it.
0: I think like adding limes to Mexican lagers was kind of like what people needed for a gateway into beer before they really liked beer. It's kind of like people that will start with sours or something really sweet now. It's you add something in that like masks the flavor of the beer and you're like, Oh, this is pretty good. It tastes more like a you know, an island drink. <laughs> I think you nailed it.
1: It's how can we make this beer taste like not
0: a beer? Not a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but but even with me liking beers, I still, I don't know if it's a nostalgia factor maybe because I don't drink a lot of Mexican lagers. So when I do, I'm like, I'm going to go back to what I know, which is lime in the beer.
1: It's because you're programmed, Drew, <laughs> by big Mexican beer.
0: <laughs> big lime. Yeah, big lime. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and make a bold statement. The lime in the stose, two hundred percent better beer. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna,
1: are you gonna knock scout off if you have a lime in it?
0: would. w let, let's just put it this way. I would have been able to nail the, the pick. I would have been able to identify Modelo if I'd put a lime in it. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no fact
1: checking on this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like adding lime to the scout would be kind of a sin though, because like it, there's already a lot of flavors going on. So you don't need to add extra flavor to that beer. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some of these other beers they're like you said, they're kind of flat or they like, I literally had descriptors on some of these other beers that said nothing. <laughs> and so on those nothing beers, you add a lime and you're like, give it flavor. But like with the scout, it, you don't need that. How do you feel about that? But should I add lime to a scout just to see? If if you got an extra
1: chunk, now's the time. The people need to know, Drew. This isn't about you. This is
0: about everyone listening. <laughs> the question we have to answer, Ryan, is a craft Mexican lager better with line? I'm sitting on pins over here, Drew. I'm going to have to take another sip. It's not as much of an immediate elevation as the other beers. It doesn't necessarily make it worse, but I don't think it adds anything to it. Whereas... The dose, it was a 200% addition. So I think if you make your beer right, you don't need the lime. There we go. This could have
1: been a 30-second podcast.
0: (laughs) Boom. All right, Ryan, I think we've had enough fun for tonight. As always, blind tastings are one of my favorite things to do. I hope the listeners enjoyed this. I hope they got to see that craft still wins, even in a Mexican lager setting um brian would you like to close us out with your words of wisdom
1: yeah I, I i do have to say right at the top i have a new appreciation for mexican lagers like i had a, a little bit of a corona stain on on all of them but uh this helps me realize that now they're actually can be very enjoyable and uh, i'd also i also appreciate the fact that the listeners are joining us on this journey as we go from craft beer into uh gas station tall boys and uh we encourage you to stick with us next week when we start tasting uh, the snacks off the rollers at our local gas stations. Um, exciting things ahead.
0: <laughs> we'll see y'all next time. This has been a Beering Ain't Easy production out of Houston, Texas. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or at our website at CrossTheStreamsMedia.com where you can find our podcast and all the other great sister podcasts on our network. in a Cross the Streams media podcast. So we need to answer the question, is lime better in a craft Mexican lager?
1: I think I think you saw that backwards. <laughs> is, is lime better in a Mexican craft lager? I think you meant is the beer
0: better with a lime? <laughs> Here's the question. Is a beer better Is a craft? <laughs> That's the outtakes right there. the question I'd say if you suck a lime in
1: beer yes that lime will be better for sure
0: (laughs) let us return back to the conversation about the tall boy 24 ounce gas station beers okay